G'day, g'day. It is a Tuesday and welcome to the Slicks on in the Wet podcast. It's a Dutch Grand Prix edition. Max Verstappen, what a home win. The championship fight is heating up. Let's get into it. Welcome one and welcome all. My name is Charlie. This is episode two and I'm feeling pretty patriotic, not to Australia, but to the whole country of Netherlands. What a show they've put on for this Dutch Grand Prix. I mean, what a place to be. It would have been, um, you know, I was sort of Snapchatting the boys, not even during the race, like much before it going, there's no place on earth I'd rather be. Then at the Zandvoort uh, racing circuit, um, yeah, it was pumping. I mean, Tiesto was there, just playing tuned. It looked like a massive party, which, I mean, how can you not? You know, so, I mean, it beat um, my lounge room on at about 12 a.m. on a Sunday night. So, you know, um, yeah, it was an okay race, if you look at the racing. But... Um, I mean, the spectacle, the show, Max Grand Prix's home, <laughs> Max Verstappen's Max home Grand Prix, you know, it, it, it was a good weekend, good weekend for Formula One, and uh, especially after the schmozzle uh, that was Spa-Francorchamps last week. Um, for those of you on the visual medium, you may be noticing a little change in the wardrobe. I've got a, I've got a button-down shirt with a collar and jeans on, and um, that is because my mum bullied me into saying uh, that she didn't think I presented myself well. And, you know, I reviewed the footage and she probably had a point. You know, the trackies and the the T-shirt probably weren't doing it. So here we are, but (laughs) I still do have the backwards hat on. Um, Mostly because I haven't had a haircut in way too long. Because we are in lockdown and I, I follow the rules. And that's just who I am. So, now, it is about 10 o'clock on Monday here uh, in where I am, and I recorded the first 10 minutes of this, then my camera cut out, and then I went to check it, and notification come through, so this is hot, hot, hot off the press, Valtteri Bottas will be racing at Alfa Romeo in 2022, shock, shock horror, no shit, <laughs> Like, obviously, it's crazy that it's been announced. I mean, it's not crazy. It was obvious. So, yeah, Valtteri's off to Alfa Romeo. I wonder who will replace him at Mercedes. Hmm, gee. So, obviously, George Russell, the worst-kept secret in Formula 1. Oh, I don't think George even tried at the end. He's just like, yeah, fuck it, I'm Mercedes. Who cares? So, um, yeah, George Russell and Mercedes, the official. I mean, I said it last week that it's all but done. And here we are, episode two, hot off the press. It was literally announced about five minutes ago, and I would have missed it if I had kept that initial recording. So, you know, lucky me. Lucky I've got technical issues, and, you know, um, my ability to work technology is subpar. So that's handy. Um, obviously, uh, the uh, the announcement comes after Kimi Raikkonen's announcement to retire, which also happened during the week, which, I mean, I think he's 41 so you probably expect that, but, you know, it's obviously sad to see the great man go, 2007 world champion, and all around, just crazy, 
Well, who is he? I don't even know him. I know his name's Kimi Raikkonen, and that's about all I know about him. I mean, very elusive. It, elusive is the word that comes to mind, and yeah. I mean, he's a crack up sometimes, and then he, sometimes he's just, what's going on? He doesn't speak, and then, yeah. So, but yeah, so end of an era. Um, still got Alonso. He's still kicking. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, au revoir. I don't know. I don't know why I'm with French there. Au revoir, Kimi. Uh, it's been it's been fun, my guy. And um, yeah, Valtteri Bottas, obviously his replacement. As I said, hot off the press. As I said, best podcast for modern news. Modern news. Fresh news. So um, without further ado, let's get into this uh, Dutch Grand Prix. So the Dutch Grand Prix that was kicked off on Friday as they generally do in Formula 1 with practice 1. So not too it's just practice was pretty it had a bit going for it this weekend. Usually it's a bit boring as per I didn't watch it. I didn't personally tune in. I never do. <laughs> Imagine having a, an F1 podcast cuz you love the sport and then you just don't tune in. Like, it's just... You watch the highlights on Saturday morning. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Um, but, yeah. So, Yuki, Ocon, and Gasly all seem to have a little bit of a moment. Um, uh, they were caught spinning. Gasly just missed the barrier at turn three. This this Zandvoort circuit, although I said it created a bit of a, a boring race, a bit of a procession, if, if you will, my God, it's good to look at. You know, them on boards... Uh, they're crazy good. It's sort of like a roller coaster. You're sort of going up and down, and then sort of that turn three is almost looks like a wall ride when they take that high line. They sort of f- they come in and just slingshot around. It's um, it's cool to watch, especially in the turn, like on the apex. If you watch it there, they just sort of fling around. It's it's good viewing, and uh, yeah, Gasly obviously just um kept his uh, Alpha Terry out of the wall. <laughs> Firefighter Seb was in action. Uh, yeah, what can't he do? Sebastian Vettel, four-time world champion. He's also a marshal. We've seen him cleaning up trash. We've seen him now firefighting. You know, what What can't the man do? Um, yeah, we love to see that from Seb. Obviously, don't like to see his car being on fire. And um, But, yeah. It was a nice little moment from Sebastian Vettel, as you get with that man. He's uh, very likable and um, good for the sport. Very good for the sport is Seb Vettel. And I'm, I'm glad he's still here because he could have easily sacked it off after that Ferrari. That, what, what, what happened at Ferrari? Uh, from all accounts, it wasn't pleasant. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad to see his Aston Martin killing it. Killing, oh, I'm not sure he's killing it, but, you know, he, he looks like he's having fun again, which is good. Um, a weird moment between Lando Norris and Esteban Ocon. I think if you watch the thing, uh, the the video from afar, it looks very bad. You see Ocon, it sort of looks like he cuts him off. Uh, Lando sort of going around the uh, the outside into a right-hander. But there's a car in between them. And uh, Ocon sort of moves across and pushes Lando off and it looks really bad. But I don't think there's any malicious intent there. Uh, for mine, I just don't think Ocon saw him. I mean, <laughs> from Lando's point of view, it looked like he was just going to go like a sort of regulation pass, and Ocon just sort of, uh, no thank you. But I don't think that was what happened. But it doesn't look flash. And um, 
we've seen a bit of not flash action uh, from from the drivers this weekend. But uh, yeah, so FP2, the only really major thing that happened, Hamilton's engine failure, which may have played a bigger a uh, bigger part than we think. He obviously didn't get any uh, race runs, so you know, uh, heavy fuel. You know, lots of laps. Uh, that's generally what they do in FP2. He didn't get any of that because his engine failed at the start, which could have played a, a, a bit of a... Cut this. Could have had an impact on the race, I think. Um, he obviously... Did, they don't get the information about the tyre degradation and all that, I think, and Bottas sort of sort of had to uh, make all that up. Like, cut... Um, And Bottas sort of had to pick up the slack, as it were. So, yeah, interesting one there. I don't think it would have changed the result, necessarily, but, you know, who knows. And the uh, the other thing, FP2, Mazepin. Mazepin, should I say. I trusted him with my predictions. I, I predicted two last week at Spa, and he did zero in the wet. And I thought, this means he's going to win the, the Drivers' Championship. So I predicted zero, and then he spun. He's bought out the red flags. He's put in the dirt, and that was annoying. Annoying for me, and annoying for Max Verstappen, because that means he didn't get his lap in, and he, I mean, he was just like, "This is a joke." But uh, yeah, so Maz has been you've disappointed me, and uh, I will have some stern words for you later on. Um, a one-two for Ferrari in that session as well, which was noteworthy. I th- I thought they were going to be quick. They always seem to be quick. Uh, they they quick through the corners, and then a twisty turny circuit that is Zandvoort, they're always going to be pretty quick. Maybe not one too quick, but quick enough. Um, that brings us to Saturday. Quali. Uh, Perez, I think, is the first thing we have to talk about. Sergio Perez out in Q1, which is the bottom five for those playing along at home. That's disappointing, especially when your teammate is on pole pretty convincingly for you to be down in... Actually, I don't know what he was. It was I think he might have been 16th, 17th. Oh, no, it was 15th. It was 15th, I think. But yeah, very disappointing from Sergio Perez. Obviously, maybe not completely his fault. He didn't get his second lap in. And we've seen over the course of qualifying, the second laps tend to be a lot, lot faster. The, you know, the track progression was um, very high. They were gaining a lot of time in their second runs and Perez didn't manage to get that second lap in, which obviously sees him out in Q1, which is very, very disappointing. Perez has been out of it for the last four or five races, I think. I said it last week. I predict him to be back this week, but just nowhere again. He, he's got it in him. We, we've seen it before. We've seen it. Obviously, in Bahrain last year, we've seen it at the Baku this year under some extreme circumstances, but he's got it in him. But he's just, he's, he seems to either be on the money or completely nowhere, which isn't what you want your second driver to be. I think your tr- second driver needs to be good for third, fourth, fifth every single week. But, um, yeah, so disappointment from Sergio Perez there. On the other end, though, Antonio Giovinazzi, 7th, equals his best result in qualifying. Mm. I think this man is criminally underrated. I 
I think he doesn't deserve to lose his seat. Um, will he be Bottas's? I mean, obviously, we've just seen uh, Bottas is going to be at Alfa Romeo next year. Will he be Bottas's teammate? I hope so. I, I, I don't know. From all accounts, he's lost his seat, but I just think he has. He, he's, he's held it with Kimi Raikkonen, I think. Kimi Raikkonen's a world champion, and he has not lost convincingly to him. I... Th- I think he's only it's only his third year in Formula One. I think that might be wrong, but you know he, he hasn't had long, and he's in an Alfa Romeo. People forget Alfa Romeo suck; they suck. And I think Giovinazzi, like he just he just flies under the radar, and because of that, people just forget that he does good things. You know, he's he's always up there with Raikkonen, I believe, and he. People thought he was going to lose his seat last year, and then towards the end of the year, he, he came real good. And um, I think if that Alfa Romeo is better, you'll we'll start to see that Giovinazzi is actually a pretty good race driver. I think he'll get decent points. I I truly believe that. Is his hair beautiful long locks skewing my opinion? Yeah, yeah, bruh. He uh he's got a beautiful head of hair, very voluminous. And, um, yeah, he's uh, criminally underrated. And I'm glad he got seventh. Obviously, his race was absolutely uh, nowhere. But, yeah, he showed the... I think FP1 and 2, he was in the top 10 as well. So, it shouldn't have been that much of a surprise. But, good to see from Jero. And we love him for that. Also, criminally underrated. Actually, he's probably not underrated. He's sort of just quietly flying under the radar. Pierre Gasly. I mean, what a what a weekend he had. Qualified fourth, and um, yeah, he's he's on it at the moment. He's <laughs> the the revenge story is shaping up nicely for him. Uh, obviously, dropped from Red Bull mid season for Alex Albon, and now he's got the win in Monza last year, and absolutely killing his team at Yuki Tsunoda. Who, by the way, I wouldn't have him in that seat next year. Just just on the just on the down though, I think Yuki is not up to it at all. I know he's a rookie in his first year, but my goodness, is he getting flogged? I think he qualified sixteenth, seventeenth, and Gasly fourth. Ah, just with Honda, I think. Like, I don't think there's any secret that half the reason Yuki got his seat was the Honda connection, obviously to Japan. Honda aren't there next year, and I don't think. I don't think Red Bull, <laughs> they obviously don't take much shit. You know, they're not scared to get rid of drivers. I mean, Gasly lost his seat in half a year at Red Bull. I, Yuki hasn't done anything. And, look, I don't think he should have his seat. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't. Just just for a thought, I think. Um, obviously, Seb Vettel... And the Hasses uh, nearly had a bit of a punch on. <laughs> nearly a bit of a punch on between the Hasses as well. There's a bit of a... I, I can't believe that no one got a penalty for that. I didn't actually read into that, but that was very surprising. I just thought there'd be a just clear uh, time penalty, but I think it was something to do with... It was sort of not the Hasses' fault. That pit, A lot of talk about that, that banking in the pit lane because it is so tight and... Um, yeah, but that was a scary incident for Seb. Uh, uh, Nikita has been sort of just ducked up the inside as Vettel was going to. And, uh, 
yeah, scary stuff. It it does it doesn't look great. It's not great for the sport. You know, qualifying is all about clean lap. Who's the fastest? And when you've got uh, stuff like that going on, it's it's not flash. Um, obviously, with Ferrari, uh, qualifying as well. They did up in up in the top six. McLaren were really down on pace. Um, with I think Danny Rick uh, qualified Lando for the second third time this year. Um, which I just quietly predicted. Um, but yeah, Lando out in Q two. Uh, I think he qualified thirteenth, twelfth, and yeah, Danny Rick got into Q one, but only finished tenth. They were down on pace. I said it uh, last week. They're good in a straight line, and there's not many straight lines at Danvort. I didn't think that would be that bad. I didn't think that was gonna be great, but yeah, they went flash. They got uh, really, really beaten by Ferrari this week, and Ferrari overtook them in the constructors' championship, which I think McLaren are much better. Am I biased? Probably, but they just seem better. But Ferrari have really, really consistent results, which is, I suppose, why they're beating it at the moment. And, um, yeah, they need to work that out. But, obviously, Q3, uh, Verstappen got pole in... Well, well it was only like 300... Oh, 310... Yeah, three hundredths yeah, um, on track. But it could have been a lot more with, obviously, we heard after... Verstappen had no DRS, and he had this weird double-up shift after turn three, so which probably cost him, He's in his words, two and a half, three-tenths. So Verstappen kind of dominated <laughs> qualifying, and he dominated the race, like dominated the race. I just, yeah, flew. And for a home Grand Prix, it was such a, it was prolific. It was an absolute prol- prolific, <laughs> words, um, performance from Max Verstappen. And, um... Yeah, reclaimed the uh, the the World Drivers Championship. Uh, uh, so, yes, yeah, Sunday the race, bit of a procession, um, and by a bit of I mean it was. Uh, there was a few overtakes. Obviously, Perez coming from the back had to start in the pit lane. He was sort of the only one doing much. Uh, it was a clean start. Um, obviously, the king of starts, Fernando Alonso, he had a. A crack around the outside of turn three. Everyone sort of went the inside line because there's two lines. You can go the inside. You can go the really high up on the bank. You can sort of slingshot yourself around. And on turn one, a few opted for the inside lines. <laughs> Alonso's just like, righto, champion. I'll just whip around here. And he got around a few. So the king of stars, Fernando Alonso, doing his thing again. Uh, the, only other, uh, the only other notable things that happened at the start, Giovinazzi and Carlos Sainz. Uh, Carlos may have forced him off a bit. But I don't know. Um, it was it was neither here nor there. I don't don't think there was much in it. But unfortunate uh, for our boy Giovinazzi, he sort of uh, lost his way a bit there, and I think he ended up finishing fifteenth. So not flash. Um, the Hass battle. I think this is lap two or three. The the Nikita of old sort of started to re- rear his ugly head. Um, he had me there for a bit. Old Nikita. He uh he had me. I thought he might have been a good bloke, but we've seen an F two him and Yuki and forcing people off and just it's starting to get ugly at Haas and oh, Haas. I don't know how to say it, but you know we've seen this before from Haas, <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't look great. I mean, after the race there was a 
I think Schumacher said their relationship is beyond repair and Nikita was sort of just really defensive, saying he did nothing wrong and it didn't look flash what he did on that home finish rate. He sort of nearly put him into the the uh the pit the the wall on entry. So yeah, not flash. I'm gonna be very keen to watch the um the Netflix documentary Drive Survive on them too because I think it'll be a bit spicy just quietly. Um the the good thing about Zanvoort it provided a good strategy battle. Uh, the only way, because Lewis was uh, way off the pace of Max. Max had the pace advantage by a mile, so Lewis decided to go to a two-stop, and uh, I think the Red Bull did the smart thing. They just followed straight away, so it nearly worked for Mercedes, but uh, Bottas just wasn't able to hold him up. He sort of just waltzed past him. Max sort of held off a bit, uh, catching Bottas, because he knew as soon as he caught Bottas... Bottas was going to sort of hold him back, so Hamilton could come around the, uh, come around Max, and um, but no, Max played it to perfection. He sort of waited to catch up to Bottas until he knew he could pass him, and then I think it literally took him one straight, <laughs> and he was gone. So that didn't really work, and then Bottas just let Lewis through. So Bottas didn't really do much. Um, we see it at the end. Then Bottas pitted. I think they pitted both Mercedes. I think Bottas complained about some vibrations, and uh, Bottas <laughs> nearly went and set out, uh, set the fastest lap, and nearly took it off Lewis. And <laughs> he set he set the fastest two sectors, and then you hear Valtteri's James, please abort the fastest lap. And uh, we we seen him lift off a touch, but he still got the fastest lap, and. Yeah, it was good from Bottas. I think he, oh, he obviously did know. He knew he was going to Alfa Romeo. Oh, I would have loved to see him just send a big FU to Mercedes and just take that fastest lap up. Then they pitted Lewis anyway, which I think someone said on... I think it was Jensen Button said on commentary that it was a bit of a weird move because Hamilton was like three seconds off uh, Max, which it was heaps. But if Max makes one mistake, Lewis could be in. So it's from to pit and be 25 seconds, I just thought it was a bit of a weird one. Obviously, Max didn't make a mistake, so it was probably the right move in the end with hindsight. But it's just risky. Like you'd hate to see Max just sort of maybe go into a gravel trap, and but and then Lewis could have easily passed him and take the win. So I thought that was a weird one, but uh, obviously it uh, was fine from the end. Uh, other things of note, Russell, the five-second penalty for speeding the pit lane, I think that's easy to do, and um, pretty pretty black and white penalty, that one, if you're over the speed limit, there's a five-second penalty, nothing too much to report there, obviously, it stuffed him up a bit, because then that pretty much took all uh, point scoring opportunities away from him, but uh, I don't think he was worried about that, he knew he's going to Mercedes, and... Um, yeah, he'll have plenty more point scoring opportunities next year. I, I, without a doubt. So that's all all good from uh, Russell. Obviously, a bit disappointing, but yeah. And then I don't even know why he did Mazepin, uh, DNF'd on that like forty. I think Sonoda did as well. So yeah, I I don't even know why either of them did. I didn't really say and um. It's just obviously a mechanical issue of some score of some sort. Sorry, 
so that put an end to their day. So that was the Dutch Grand Prix. Uh, Championship is heating up. It's gone back and forth, back and forth now for a bit. Obviously, very just convincing win for Max, which is good to see at a home race. Obviously, Lewis had his moment at Silverstone, and now Max had his, and now we're off to Monza. So, yeah, that was the uh, the, the Zanvoort, not the Zanvoort, the Dutch Grand Prix at Zanvoort uh, for 2021. Radio, it is the prediction reaction time. Uh, if you didn't see, I'll put on my Instagram and in the last episode. I gave some predictions for this Dutch Grand Prix. Uh, qualifying, I had Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas. That didn't happen. It went, uh, Verstappen obviously got pole and then Hamilton. But I got Bottas right. I had Bottas in three. I ripped on him for ages and then said he's actually a pretty good qualifier. And I, So I got that one right. So not, not the worst. I just had... Verstappen and Hamilton around the wrong way, and then in the race, I got pretty wrong. I had uh, Hamilton, Verstappen, Perez. Obviously, we spoke earlier, but Perez was nowhere. He actually ended up getting points in the end. He put one of the better. He can he can come through the field. We've seen it in his first win. He spun on turn one, was coming last, and then come through the field to win. And then, yeah, he ended up coming. He started from the pit lane, and come through and he got points so it wasn't the worst drive from Perez he just he's he's really good from coming from terrible positions but he's really good at putting himself in terrible positions as well so yeah but obviously I had, I had Hamilton winning uh, followed by Verstappen and uh, Verstappen obviously got the win so I was wrong there uh, headline you'll see I had D Ricardo outperforms Al Norris it was pretty close. I I'm claiming that that it was pretty close. I don't I won't give it to myself, but I think it was pretty close. Ricardo obviously outqualified him, but Norris did really really well uh, for his strategy. They had him uh, going long, and I think he did like forty laps or something on the mediums, which massive overcut and just I think Ricardo. May have played that number two driver role a bit. So, Norris ended up beating Ricardo. Uh, but for pure pace, it was pretty close. I think Norris just beat him because of a um, a better strategy and Ricardo out-qualified him. But I'll, he didn't outperform him though, so I won't give it to myself. But it was pretty close. It was pretty close. Um... Number of Mazda spins, as I said earlier, had zero. He had one. He bought out red flags in FP2, so that was disappointing for me. And the last one I had, will Giovinazzi's hair look good? You betcha it did. Doesn't go wrong that man. Rightio, it's time for everyone's favourite segment, uh, the Slick 7, you know. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure about it last week, and but I'm sticking by it. Um, now... As I mentioned earlier, Kimi Raikkonen during the week announced his retirement from Formula 1. And in honor of that, we've got the seven best Kimi moments. So in no particular order, I've got one of seven at Baku 2017, I think it was, the gloves and steering wheel. Uh, It's a great team radio. You just see Kimi being wheeled out. Um, He's just screaming, just gloves, steering wheel. Oh, that's a terrible impression. What am I doing? What am I doing? Um, 
<laughs> yeah, he just screamed for his gloves and his steering wheel. That man has some communication issues because he can never seem to get his point across. But man just wanted his gloves and steering wheel. And to be fair to him, pretty essential during the race. The steering wheel in particular. You can maybe go without the gloves, but geez, you'd have a hard time getting around, with this, getting around without a steering wheel. So, I mean, fair play to the man. He needed it. And he got it in the end, so uh, that was good of him. Number two of seven, uh, the 2018 awards night, Drunk Kimmy. I mean, that whole night is just... Find any video you can of Kimmy Raikkonen at the 2018 awards giving night. It is the funniest thing you'll see. He is just... There's videos of him talking to Seb Vettel. Seb's just looking at him like, oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. And he's just like telling him all this. I'd hate to know what he was telling him. And then he, they get him on stage and he's doing these big fist pumps and like clapping and just like grabbing these old blokes <laughs> around the shoulders, like grabbing his award, like like putting up in the air. It's like a black tie, bloody bow tie event. And he's just, <laughs> he had a good night. There's a, there's a good video outside him leaving they're trying to get him into the car and there's heaps of fans there and he's just like, he just like shoves his off his security card and goes over to the fans. He's giving them the business. He's like, yeah. He's like handing out autographs. <laughs> this is a man who doesn't speak, by the way. Oh, I thought he was mute and then all of a sudden he's giving them the business, which oh, it's, find any any video on YouTube you can and you'll, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be having a good day after that. Number three of seven, uh, Monaco. I don't know what year. He uh he had an engine trouble and he DNF'd and everyone's disappointed. Oh I know. And then that fifteen minutes later we get this camera shot. He hasn't gone back to the pit lane. He is on his yacht. <laughs> Shirtless on his yacht. He hasn't even gone back to the pits. He's just gone straight to his yacht. He's on the back of it with twenty of his best mates, just living his life. <laughs> I mean, that is He's watching the race from his yacht. He's just digging out. He was in that race, and now he's shirtless on the back of his yacht. I mean, come on. <laughs> what a man. And that just shows you, Kimmy, he just does not give a shit. <laughs> he just doesn't give a shit, and we love him for it. Number four, it's a classic. You've all heard it. He just, and you probably haven't, but he's asking his uh, engineer um, about the drink. He... He really wants his drink. And the, you see the engineer over and over, Kimmy, you will not have the drink. And Kimmy's like, yeah, 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 but is it turned on? Kimmy, you will not have the drink. Yeah, I get that, but is the switch turned on? Kimmy, you will not have the drink. And it's one of, as I said before, communication breakdown. It's just, it's hard to listen to, but it's pretty funny at the same time. And yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if you ever got the drink, you know. Legend says he hasn't drank since that day. So, you know, hopefully he can uh, find a bit of time in his retirement to, uh, you know, sit down to a, to a nice ice-cold water on me, Kimmy. Uh, number five, <laughs> there was a presentation by Pelé, uh, famous soccer man. <laughs> I don't know soccer. <laughs> um, and I think it was, oh, who was it? I think it was Martin Brundle. I don't know, uh, went up to interview him and said, you've just missed the presentation. And he says, oh, okay. And he said, do you reckon he'll, do you reckon he'll forgive you or something like that? And he just goes, oh, well, I was having a shit. <laughs> so, 
Oh, <laughs> he was having a shit. I don't know what else to tell you. So that was, I mean, fair enough. On live TV, he just announced to the world he's missed the presentation because he was having a shit. So, I mean, that is Kimi Raikkonen in about 12 seconds. It's a 12-second interview, and he's announced to the world he's, he was taking a shit. So I, I don't know what else he could have said, if I'm honest. People give him flack for it, but... <laughs> No, it was it's hilarious to watch. Uh, number six of seven, it's in the cl- like the classic from the uh, Netflix Nef- the, the Netflix series Drive to Survive. He just says uh, all the other drivers going through why they like racing. He says, "Oh, they're all like, oh, it's the adrenaline. It's so fast, the pressure, and you know, being the best." And it just cuts to Kimmy. He's like, "Oh." This is more like a hobby for me, so obviously I, I, I don't need to do it if I don't want. <laughs> it's Kimi Raikkonen to a T, and that's why I've chucked it in here. And Number seven, the slick seven, boah, just boah. I think there's an injury, he says it about 25 times, and they just put it on repeat. Every time he starts a sentence, he's just boah, I don't, I don't know, boah. He just can't be bothered speaking, so he just goes boah. And, um... Yeah, also, just Kimi Raikkonen into a T, and we love him for it. Radio, it's time for a new segment uh, for Slicks on In The Wet. Um, as you know, I know already, I'm Australian. So this is uh, a segment, the Aussie Review. So essentially what I'll be doing is looking through F1, F2, F3, and possibly other uh, championships around the world and see how our Aussies are doing. You know, I'm all for a bit of homegrown talent, especially on the international stage. You know, there's nothing better than um, people killing Especially, I mean, maybe it's just because the Olympics have been on, but, you know, people killing it on, like, it's all good that the footy players and that, you know, they're having a bit of fun here, but when you see someone like a like a Dylan Alcott just dominate on the international stage, it's, it's something, there's something about that. It's like the Aussies on the world, because we're a small country, so we do pretty well. So... Just want to give a quick shout out to all the Australians in in the motorsporting industry. Uh, so starting off with F1, Danny Rick, is he back? Sort of, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to judge. You also yeah, qualified his uh, teammate Leonard Norris, as we said earlier, and he's probably not back to the Danny Rick of old. Obviously, until he sort of gets maybe a podium or two, then I reckon he will be back. But he, yeah, he just can't seem to grasp that McLaren, which. It's disappointing because I thought he was going to kill it. So the fact that he hasn't sort of sucks a little bit, but we love him still. And, um, you know, he's flying the flag for Australian Motorsport uh, at the moment. Obviously, it was Mark Webber, and then they sort of uh, passed the flag. And, you know, looking, I had to do a bit of research into uh, F2 and F3, and we've actually got a bit there. So it is exciting as Danny Rick sort of. He's in the back end of his career. We know that. He's still got a lot to give, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, there is there is a lot coming through, which is exciting. So, Danny Rick, is he back? Maybe, sort of, hopefully. Hopefully, he just comes out and wants it. Just get some pole. Go on. Please, Danny Rick. Just do that. Just just, just put it on pole. You know, maybe maybe, maybe not win the race. Just cheeky podium. Who, who cares? You know, just come back, please. Uh, F2, Oscar Piastri is killing it. He is currently leading F2 uh, halfway through the season. It's an eight-race season. Uh, they've had four, 
and Piastri's leading. I haven't heard this man in the conversation at all for any F1 seats. I don't get why. It is his first year in F2. He won F3 last year. I, is he too? I don't get how it works. But I have not heard his name mentioned, which is... He's leading F2. <laughs> Surely, isn't, doesn't that mean you're a shoo-in for an F1 seat if you want it? If it's available, sorry. But yeah, I haven't heard his name. I think it's... Put a bit of respect on that man's name. Oscar Piastri, future Formula 1 world champion. You heard it here first. 6th of September, 2021. Um, oh, the 7th, sorry. Um, but yeah, Oscar Piastri, he's killing it in F2, which is great to see. He'll be in F1 very soon. And um, yeah, let's hope he can finish off that F2 season. On top, I know that... Uh, oh, I'm going to stuff up his name. Wagon Zhu. That was my best attempt. Uh, he's pretty close behind. And I have heard him in a few conversations for F1C. So, Piastri's beating him though. So, get Piastri in there uh, immediately. Uh, F3, Jack Doohan, uh is coming second at the moment. So, we're up there. F2 and F3, we're kind of killing it. <laughs> uh, Jack Doohan is the son of uh, Aussie legend. And, uh, yeah, killing it himself. So, honestly, haven't watched any F3. I just did a bit of research before. And um, I had heard his name a bit. And, um, yeah, so, power to him. Hopefully, he can come through. I think he's a bit behind whoever's in first. Uh, but, yeah, he's beating the likes of, like, you know, Arthur Leclerc, if you've heard of him. Charles Leclerc's little brother. So, you know, he'll be coming through. And I think he's a year younger than me. He might be 17, which is... Uh, Hard to swallow. Uh, that sucks. Um, but, uh, yeah, jeez, I'm old. That's crazy. I shouldn't be old. But when you've got boys like Jack Doohan coming second in F3, a year younger than you, jeez, you're getting up there. We've also got another uh, driver in F3, Callan Williams. He's sitting 19th. There is 34 races in that, uh, 34 drivers, sorry, in that championship, so nine is not too bad, nothing to be ashamed of, he uh, actually got a podium in the second race of the season, I've seen, so, you know, hopefully see him uh, in the mix uh, soon, uh, don't know much about him, to be honest, going to be honest, but, all right, we'll, we'll learn together uh, through through this segment, hopefully, um, and just sort of give some light to some Aussie legends, so, yeah, keep going. <laughs> That wraps up the Netherlands chat. Uh, now we look forward to the Italian Grand Prix. Obviously, we've got a triple header. Um, so we've had Spa, now we've had the Dutch Grand Prix, and now we're off to Monza. So obviously, huge race on the calendar. Um, you know, Monza is a staple of Formula 1. It has been uh, forever, I think. I think it was there in 1950, and it still is... Obviously, home race for Ferrari and AlphaTauri, so, you know, exciting for them. We've seen some absolute uh, crazy moments there. You know, Charles Leclerc's win, um, Pierre Gasly winning last year, so very exciting stuff. So, just going to give some predictions, and uh, we'll see how we go. Saturday, I don't know how to pick the one and two. I've just gone for Max and Lewis. Max, he's just too hard. You can't go past him at the moment. He's dominating. And um, 
but that is up for debate. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to pick one of them two. There's nothing I can go off. I, it's pure gut feel. But for the three on Saturday, I've gone Lando. As I said previously, I think I don't think Bottas will be anywhere because I don't think he'll give a shit. Uh, and I think Perez, he, he just hasn't shown much in qualifying. And I think it, the McLaren is going to be the next best car, especially because Monza's a power track. We've seen it in Spa, another power track that the McLaren, <laughs> Lando was quickest until he crashed out in Q3. But So I think Lando will be in the mix again. Hopefully that means Danny Rick will be in the mix. I think uh, McLaren will get one back uh, on Ferrari this weekend. So, yeah, I think Lando will be well and truly in the mix on Saturday. So I've put him in there at three. The Sunday, I've just gone Max and Lewis again. Again, because I've got no idea. It's too hard to predict. There's, you know, they could crash into, into each other at turn one, which, you know, that first... Turn one and two chicane at Monza is uh, pretty uh, ruthless. Uh, the long run down there, so you know, I'm very keen to see what happens there. And the three, I've gone Perez, Perez. I don't know how to say it, but Checo, please, 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 be somewhere this weekend because he's been nowhere. I haven't seen him for two months. It's Perez do something. Please get that podium, because yeah, you pr- you've just <laughs> they signed him too early. I swear to God, as soon as they signed him, he's been absolute dog shit. So, Perez, feel free to show up at any time. That is of your convenience. I- I'd hate to inconvenience you. So, you know, just if you're not doing anything, maybe maybe come to Monza. So that'd be good. Uh, headline you'll see. Uh, I've got both McLarens in the top. I've got written down here six, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have a crack. I'm gonna go five. I reckon McLaren are gonna be really strong uh, this weekend. So, hence I reckon they're gonna be top five. So I reckon it's gonna be the podium. Maybe one of them on there, but four or five. Uh, Danny Rick and Lando. So that'd be good to see. Hopefully, fingers crossed. And then Mazda spins. I've just I've gone the one, and I reckon it'll be. A th- at, I think at the Lesmos, is that what they're called? The chicane. One of the chicanes. There's like two chicanes in the, in that sector. I reckon it'll be one of them. Just prediction for some reason. But, yeah, so I've got one Mazda spin uh, for the Italian Grand Prix. That brings us to the end of episode two of Flick Tony the Wet. I hope you have enjoyed. Um, feel free to message me on the uh, the Instagram at any time. I'm always looking for stuff to, to talk about if you've... Um, Maybe got any ideas or just some uh, topics, you know, that might be a bit controversial that I could cover. Uh, that'd be good. Help me uh, uh, get this get this rolling with some content. So um, yeah, appreciate anyone who's listening, and um, yeah, hope you've enjoyed. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you all next Tuesday after Monza. See you then.